Bibles tonight and uh, turn over to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter number 12 in your Bibles. And I want to, just for a few moments tonight, I want to I teach. I, I want to be honest with you, I was going to try to get this all done in one service tonight, um, but it's just way too important. And if I try to rush, I'll get my words all mixed up and, and you know, you won't, you won't get as much from it. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it up into two, two pieces, two parts. And, um, and so anyway, Revelation chapter 12, and I want to talk to you about the millennial reign of Christ. And so when you find your place, if you'd stand with us tonight, and uh, if you're able to stand, that is. And we've talked about a number of things. We talked about the difference between the rapture and the second advent. What's the difference in the uh, rapture of the church and the second coming of Christ? We talked about after the rapture. We talked about <clears throat> the seven years of tribulation. And what, what's that going to be like? We talked about the judgment seat of Christ, the marriage supper of the Lamb, the second coming, the actual second coming of Christ. And then we took a little time and talked about the battle of Armageddon. And so tonight, I want to, I uh, just for a few minutes, I want to discuss the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. And so uh, Revelation chapter 12 in your Bibles, and look, if you will, at verse number 7. The Bible says, And there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. Somebody says, who is that dragon? Well, uh, aren't you glad the Bible makes, <laughs> makes it easy for us to understand? And the Lord explains who that dragon is. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil. And so there's no mistaking who this is. And if you didn't get it so far, then he says, And Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the, and, uh, and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And I want to focus on verse 10. That's our text. The Bible says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God. The kingdom of our God. And I want to focus on that little phrase just for a few moments tonight. You may be seated. And uh, not really going to preach tonight. Just going to teach you for a few minutes this evening. And then we'll be on our way. And I hope that this will make sense. I hope it will be a blessing to you. And so let's go to the Lord and let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you so much. It's been a wonderful day today. And what a joy to be in the house of God. And uh, Lord, it's not only been a joy to be here, but Lord, you've met with us. And we thank you for that. We thank you for the presence and the manifestation of the Spirit of God. Uh, Lord, Brother Mike taught that this morning in our Sunday school class, that one of the responsibilities of the Holy Spirit is to, is to lift up the Son. And so, Lord, if that be the case, and I believe that, then that means the Spirit of God's been working today because the Holy Ghost has lifted up the Son. And we're so thankful for that. Lord, I pray now that you'll bless our discussion tonight. I pray that it will uh, pray it'll be a help. I pray it'll be interesting. And, God, I pray that we'll teach in such a way that it will honor you and please you and glorify your Son. And I pray that we'll teach in such a way that it'll be interesting to our people. And, uh, Lord, that we'll go home different tonight and so, Lord, thank you for the wonderful, wonderful music service, and thank you for preparing our hearts through the music. Now, Lord, bless thy word, please. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake and all the Lord's people said, amen. Well, you know what? When you're teaching on things like this, it is sometimes helpful to understand that in theology and especially in what we call eschatology, which is a study of the end times, we have labels for certain things that, uh, that we talk about in our Bible, certain things that we teach in our Bible. And while the, the principles of those things are most definitely there, and I'll show you that tonight, sometimes those labels that we use or the descriptions that we use for those events are not in the Bible. So the principles are there, but the labels we use are not. And so you say, preacher, what in the world are you talking about? Let me give you some for instances. For instance... We, we talk about considerably at Calvary, we talk about something called the rapture of the church, the rapture of the church. 
Now, here's the thing. If you go, if, if you go into your concordance or your, or your glossary there in your Bible, if you have one of those, and you start looking up rapture, you start looking up the word rapture, you might think, man, that preacher's preaching on something that's not even in the Bible. Uh, I can't find the word rapture in the Bible. And you'd be right about that. The word rapture is not in your King James Bible. But the teaching is in there. The principle of the rapture is. One of the reasons that we use the word rapture is because the word rapture simply means to be caught up or to be seized away or snatched away. Uh, and that's what's going to happen. When the Lord comes in the air, he's going to rapture us out of this world. He's going to snatch us away. And so because of that, we, uh, uh, we don't call it the snatching of the church. By the way, if you want to call it the snatching of the church, that's okay. I'm, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but we call it the rapture. By the way, you won't find snatching in there either, okay? Uh, nah, 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 nah. But anyway, all right. And so rapture, rapture of the church is one of, those, one of those labels that we use. For instance, now this one doesn't have as much to do with eschatology, but we use the word Trinity. Trinity. Uh, now, if you look that up in your Bible, you're not going to find it. The word Trinity is not in there. Uh, we just use that word, meaning the triune God, that God is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He is three, but one. That's what the Bible tells us. First um, John chapter 5, verse 7, the Bible says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And so, and by the way, many, many other places we could go to, and we did that not too, too long ago, that talk about the triune God, the Trinity, what we call the doctrine of the Trinity or the triune God. So again, that's a label that we use. You're not gonna find that label in your Bible, but you definitely find the teaching in the Bible. You definitely find that principle in the Bible. Well, that leads us to our subject tonight. If you look up the millennial reign of Christ in your Bible, you're not gonna find it. Uh, that label, that description is not there, but the teaching most definitely is. The principle of the millennial reign of Christ is there. Uh, and so that word millennium just simply means a thousand years. A thousand years, that's what it means. And so following the second coming of Jesus Christ, Jesus will reign for 1,000 years on the earth. Hence, we call it the millennial reign of Christ. Now, let me give you a few things. Let me just spin out a few things about the millennial reign of Christ if I could. The millennial reign of Christ is described in Scripture as the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Uh, interesting, if you read the book of Matthew, you'll find that Matthew makes reference to the kingdom of heaven 31 times. He uses that term, that, that phrase, he uses it over and over and over. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. One of the reasons is because heaven, when Jesus comes and sets up his kingdom on the earth, heaven will rule over the earth. And so it's going to be the kingdom of heaven. We're gonna be on earth, but boy, it's gonna be like heaven. And uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to rule and he's going to reign. And we'll get into that in just a little bit. Take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel. And look, if you will, at Daniel, uh, Daniel chapter 2. Daniel 2. And uh, find your place in verse number 44. I love, I love how Daniel, how the Spirit of God used Daniel to talk about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the millennial reign. Uh, Daniel chapter 2. And verse number 44, look what our Bible says. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven, I love it, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. Thank God for that. But it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. Now church, there's a lot of things I can't guarantee but I can guarantee you this. The Bible says right there, it shall not be left to other people. I can guarantee you this, that Joe Biden will not run the kingdom. Okay? I can guarantee you that. Uh, as far as that's concerned, Donald Trump's not going to run the kingdom either. Uh, or anybody else uh, is not going to run the kingdom. A president's not going to run it. A preacher's not going to run it. Uh, it is going to be a kingdom that is set up by God. God is going to set up this kingdom. We know that when Jesus came on the scene preaching that the Lord Jesus Christ preached much about the kingdom. 
Uh, you don't have to turn, I'll just read it for you, and I'm going to have you turn to some other places in just a little bit. Mark chapter 1, verse 14, the Bible says, Now after that, Jesus was put in prison, or John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Now, here's what I'm going to do tonight. I've got, uh, I've probably got at least 10 points, maybe more than that. I'm going to give you five. Don't y'all feel great tonight, amen? I'm just gonna give you five. Now, each one of those five have 10 subpoints. okay? Uh, no, I'm picking, I'm not gonna have you here long at all tonight, but I'm just gonna give you five. I've got about 10 points, and I'm just gonna give you uh, five tonight. But several things that, that we noticed that are included about the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, we notice a trial. We notice a trial. Now, I want you to take your Bibles, if you will, this evening, turn back to the book of Revelation, and we'll be there a lot tonight, Revelation chapter number 20 in your Bible, and we'll go there in just a minute, just find it, if you will, Revelation chapter 20, and then we'll go back there in just a moment, and we'll read some scripture together. But one of the things that we notice that is, uh, uh, that, that is uh, coupled with the millennial reign of Christ is a trial, a trial, and this will be one of the greatest trials that has ever convened. Now, you know what, I, and I was thinking about this, there's been a lot of high-profile trials uh, even here in just the last little bit. Uh, for some of you folks that are a little bit older, uh, you know, we were talking about 9-11 last week, and then you have to keep in mind there's a lot in this room that weren't even here then. They, they don't even know, they didn't remember 9-11 because they weren't here. Um, and so some of you, these young people, don't, they don't even know who this guy is, but for some of you older folks, several years ago, there was a very highly publicized trial uh, for a man by the name of O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson, you remember that? And uh, boy, they put it all over the airwaves and every day. I mean, they put the trial on the television and, and this, was really, this was really in the day when that wasn't as common it is to, as it is today. And O.J. Simpson had been accused of killing his uh, wife, uh, brutally murdering his wife and her boyfriend or whatever the case may be. And uh, most of you know, if you kept up with that, O.J. Simpson was exonerated. He got out of that. Uh, but boy, there's a God keeping a record. Amen. Uh, but anyway, very, very famous, famous trial. Then I thought about Jeffrey Dahmer. Some of you remember that name, Jeffrey Dahmer. And although I have not seen them, I think here recently they've come out with some documentaries or some specials about uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. I haven't had the guts to watch it yet. I don't know if I can watch that. And uh, Jeffrey Dahmer was a serial killer, and he was... Uh, uh, he was a serial killer of the worst kind. Now, they say Jeffrey Dahmer got saved before he was killed in prison. I don't know. I, I haven't watched it. I don't, know, I don't know anything about that. But, uh, but I remember some of the news reports about Jeffrey Dahmer. And, of course, they uh, had Jeffrey Dahmer's trial. And then Jeffrey Dahmer went to prison until he was finally uh, murdered. Uh, but then I thought about this one in 2005. Uh, there was a very popular figure in our world by the name of Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson had to go to uh, trial there in Los Angeles over some uh, accusations about being a pedophile and different things like that. And then more recently, uh, if you don't remember any of those, more recently there was a gentleman, by the, not, not take that back, not gentleman, but there was a fellow by the name of Alex Murdoch. Alex Murdoch. Now that just happened just down the road here. Uh, in South Carolina, just right outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. And Alex Murdoch was charged with murdering his own family and ended up going to prison. And now they're trying to do a retrial and all those kinds of things. Uh, and, uh, but again, famous, famous trials. I said all that to say this, the trial that I'm talking about is gonna be much more important than Michael Jackson or O.J. Simpson or Alex Murdoch. The trial that I'm talking about is gonna be none other than Satan himself. And our Bible tells us that Satan will be indicted and he will be sentenced. Man, you can rejoice over this. He's gonna be sentenced to prison for a thousand years. A thousand years. Now look in your Bibles, if you will, Revelation chapter number 20, and look at verse number, verse number one. The Bible says, and I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan and bound him a thousand years. By the way, we're not reading. We, we read Revelation 12 a while ago. Sounds much like Revelation 20. So we're not reading the same scripture again. This is totally different. But the Bible's using the same labels for him. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. 
and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loose. Thank God, just a little season. He must be loose a little season. Now, church, again, preacher, is this even important? Well, think about it. Can you imagine a world without a tempter? Can you imagine a world without a destroyer? You know what Satan is? Satan is a deceiver. Man, he's, he is a master deceiver. And he'll, you know what? He'll tell these young people, and he's doing it in a big way. He'll tell these young people, do it. And he'll say something like this, everybody's doing it. Man, everybody, you know what? Everybody's doing it, so you might as well do it. Everybody's smoking dope, so you might as well. Everybody's popping pills, so you might as well. Everybody's injecting themselves with drugs and narcotics, and you, you, you might as well. And you know what? It's fun, and it's exhilarating, and, and man, you're going you're, you're to get a buzz off of it. And man, it's going to be great. And, uh, and you know what? Satan tells people that, but he never tells them the truth. He never tells them how it's going to end up. He never tells them they're going to lose their life. He never tells them they're going to lose their family. You know why? Because Satan is a deceiver. But I got great news, Calvary Baptist Church. Did you know that there is coming a day when the deceiver is going to be gone and the tempter is going to be gone and the devil is going to be gone and thank God Jesus is going to rule. And so we notice the trial. Number two, number two, we notice a time. We notice a time. Now, as far as the earth is concerned, the Lord Jesus Christ, his kingdom will never end. But as far as the millennial reign of Christ, his reign on earth is going to last 1,000 years. That's what we call a millennia or a millennium. Now, is that even important to teach? Well, I believe it is. Did you know there are some that tell us that that 1,000 years is totally symbolic? That the Lord Jesus Christ is not going to set up a kingdom that he's not gonna rule and reign for a thousand years. And we may go into that maybe next time we're in this study and talk about the three different views on the, on the millennial reign of Christ. Uh, and we may talk about that a little bit. But there are some who say, you know what? What these people are teaching about in the millennial reign of Christ is not true and it's not really gonna be a thousand years. But I, wanna, I just wanna point this out, that the Bible is very specific about the thousand years. Very specific. And I'll show you at least one instance of that. You're in Revelation 20 already. And so look at, look at verse two again. We'll read just a little bit of what we already read. And then we'll read some, some new scriptures tonight. Revelation 20, verse two. The Bible says, and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him, how many years? Thousand years. And cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the... What's the next two words? Thousand years should be fulfilled. Now, church, listen. If daddy says something once, it's important. But if daddy says something twice, he's trying to emphasize something. And so we see in verse number three that the Lord mentions that thousand years again. Look at verse four. The Bible says, and I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, for the word of God, uh, and which had not worshiped the beast, neither his image, neither received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ. How many years? A thousand years. Look at verse five. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the, how many years? thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him. How many years? Now, church, keep in mind, I didn't write this. The Holy Spirit gave us this. The Holy Spirit gave us his word. And, and the Lord reminded us that he's magnified his word above his very name. And he says it not once, not twice, but he says it over and over and over and over again. And by the way, you'll find this in other, other scriptures as well. And so you say, Brother Pope, do you believe, do you believe that Jesus is really, literally gonna reign on the earth for 1,000 years? And the answer to that question is without a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt, Jesus is going to rule and reign for a thousand years. Now, think about that. Think about that. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. That's hard for our little minds to, to, to compute. 
Did you know that America right now, that America is only about, America is only about 247 years old? We are, compared to other nations, America is a, is a baby nation. America is a very young nation, 247 years. And, and yet, to us, it seems like an eternity. But wait a minute, 247 years compared to 1,000 Jesus is going to set up his kingdom, and for 1,000 years, he is going to rule, and he is going to reign. And church, listen to this. He is going to be prophet, priest, and king. There will be no term limit. There will be no elections. There will be no running for office. There will be no political campaign, and thank God, there will be no political commercials. And I got some other good news. You won't impeach him. And he's not going to resign. And for 1,000 years, for 1,000 glorious years, he's going to rule and he's going to reign on this earth. And so we notice a trial. We notice a time. Look at this third thing. Number three, we notice thrones. Now, I want to stay here just for a few minutes tonight. We notice thrones. Look at Revelation 20 and verse number 4 again. The Bible says concerning the millennial reign of Christ, verse 4, Revelation 20, verse 4, and I saw, what's the word? I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, Neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And the Bible says, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Now, that's significant. And I'll tell you why. Because thrones speak of judgment. Whenever you see that word throne, it, it is the idea of judging. It's the idea of reigning. And our Bible tells us this, that, that the church will rule and reign with Christ during this 1,000 years. Now, here's a question. Should that be of interest to you, though? You say, all right, pastor, okay. But what's that got, what's that got to do with me? And here's the answer to that question. The way you serve the Lord now is going to determine how you reign later. Can I show you? Can we look at a couple places tonight? We're, we're doing Bible study tonight. Look, look, if you will, at Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And look at verse number 18. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 18. I know this is a little different, but I think this is good, and I think it's been good for our church. And I think a lot of folk are really interested in, in what's coming down the pike. And, and so Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 18 with me. The Bible says, for verily, that word verily in your King James Bible just is a word that means truly. The Lord is emphasizing this. For verily, I say unto you, in other words, boy, you better listen to this. Till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore, therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called, what's the word? Great in the kingdom of heaven. Turn over to the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 19 uh, in your Bibles, Luke 19. And look at verse number 12 with me this evening. And we find a, a story here that mo more, most of you know. This is a, a pretty familiar story. Uh, but, but, but let's look at it for the, uh, for the sake of the Bible study that we're doing tonight. Luke chapter 19. And look at verse number 12. The Lord Jesus is teaching this. And he is using a story here to try to illustrate the millennial reign of Christ. And Luke chapter 19 verse 12. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his 10 servants and delivered them 10 pounds and said unto them, occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him. That sounds familiar. But his citizens hated him. I told the church this week while I was preaching at it. Isn't it something how you can, isn't it something how it doesn't upset the, the world at all? You can say Muhammad, you can say Allah, you can say Buddha, you can say Hare Krishna. You can talk about Eastern mysticism. You can talk about uh, 
uh, yoga. You can talk about, man, I mean, you can talk about the Dalai Lama. You can talk about, uh, you know, Gandhi. You, you know, you can talk about all these things, and it doesn't upset anybody. But when you mention the name of Jesus, it gets everybody upset. And the Bible says here his citizens hated him. And we're living in a world that just hates to hear his name. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. We were living in that mentality today. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom that he commanded these servants to be called to him, to whom he had given the money that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first saying, Lord, Thy pound hath gained 10 pounds. And he said unto him, unto the servant, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, I love that, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, somebody says, Preacher, I don't do much at the church. All I do is clean the restrooms. Preacher, all I do is vacuum the carpet. Preacher, all I do is come here and disciple some folks during the week. Preacher, all I do is mow the yard. All I do, you know, is, is I come and I dust up on the platform. And, I, you know, preacher, all I do is sing in the choir and come to some choir practices. And, you know, I, I mean, that's, that's all I do. I mean, I try to be faithful, you know, but that's all I do. All I do is go up here and minister in the Good News Club. And, I mean, that, that's all I do. But look what he says. He said, you've been faithful over that which is little, he said, because thou hast been faithful in a very little. Have thou authority over ten cities? In other words, although you've been faithful in just what you thought was a little thing, God said, man, I'm going to bless you with great abundance and great authority. Verse 18, and the second came saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said, likewise to him, be thou over five cities. And another came, watch this now, verse 20, and another came saying, Lord, here's thy pound, which I kept laid up in a napkin. I didn't do anything with it. I just wrapped it up and buried it. For I feared thee because thou art an austere man. Austere just means harsh. For I feared thee because thou art an austere man. Thou takest up, thou laidest not down, and reapest that, thou didst not sow. And he saith unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore then gavest not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required mine own with usury? And he said unto them that stood by, Take from him the pound, and give it to him that hath ten pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. For I say unto you that unto everyone uh, which hath shall be given, and from him that hath not even that uh, he hath shall be taken from him. Now, church, listen to me. This is what I'm saying. Did you know that whatever it is that God's calling you to do for the kingdom, that you and I are to be faithful to that? And if you don't feel like it's a big deal, be faithful to that. You may be here tonight and say, preacher, the only thing I do is I come every Sunday. I teach a little Sunday school class, a bunch of little boys, a bunch of little girls. That's all I do. And yet, do you understand that to God, that's a big deal? You say, Pastor, all I do is help keep the nursery. I try to watch, you know, the Mountain Movers Club or, or Pastor, I, I play an instrument, but that's all I do. And I try to do it faithfully, but that's all I do. But to God, that's a big deal. And God says, if you'll be faithful in that thing that I've given you to do, one of these days, I'm going to bless you with great authority. But at the same time, there was a servant who took what God had given him, and the Bible says he wrapped it up in a napkin and he buried it. And when the Lord came, he's here, here, here's, here, here's what you gave me. I didn't do a thing with it, but here's what you gave. I didn't lose it, but here's what you gave me. I didn't, I didn't you know, invest it. And the Lord, was, the Lord was very put out with this servant. Now, church, listen to me. That's not hard to understand. That's not hard preaching. If God's given you a gift, you better use it. Man, if God's given you a musical gift, you better use it. If God's given you the ability to speak, you better use it. Man, if God's given you, listen, whatever the gift is that God has given you, if God's given you a voice to sing or, or God has, uh, God, God's blessed you and you can talk to people and you can deal with people or maybe, you, uh, maybe you're, you're just great with kids and boys and girls and you can work with boys and girls. Listen, that's all I'm saying. Whatever gift God has given you, it is time for us to use that gift for the kingdom. And the Bible says if we'll do that faithfully, God's gonna give us great authority. We're going to rule and reign with Christ. Now, here's a, here's a, a question I want to answer. Somebody says, all right, okay, pastor. There's going to be thrones. That's right. 
And thrones speak of judgment. That's right. We're going to rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years. That's right. So somebody says, Pastor, if that's the case, who are we going to judge? If we're going to rule and reign with the Lord and we're going to judge, who are we going to judge? So again, I'm going to do something a little different tonight. But I want to try to see if I can illustrate this for you a little bit, and I believe it'll be a help to you. Ronnie, do you mind if I use, I'm going to use husbands and wives tonight. Allison, do you mind helping, helping tonight? Would you, would you and Rodney just uh, step right here for me? You can stand side by side, just right there. Mike, can I use you and Angie just for a few minutes? And if you guys will, just a little bit of space here, but stand right here beside Rodney and Allison. Timmy, can I use you and Carrie tonight? And... Uh, why don't y'all stand right here, right stand right here in the middle for me, if you would. And uh, Abel, can I use you and Lauren? Y'all come on up here tonight, if you will. And uh, just right here beside Timmy and Carrie, if you will. So wait a minute, a thousand years. The Lord's gonna come, he's gonna rule, he's gonna reign for a thousand years. And the Bible says we're gonna reign with him. And we're gonna, we're gonna judge. So somebody says, preacher, who are we gonna judge? I mean, who's gonna be here to judge? So I want to see if I can illustrate this for you and tell you what's going to happen. So first of all, on God's prophetical calendar, one of the things that we learned is this. One of the first events, the first event that's going to happen is something called the what? The rapture of the church. Y'all remember that? Rapture of the church. And so when the Lord comes, he's going to come. The Bible says he's going to come in the air. He's going to come with a shout. He's going to come with the sound of the trumpet. And, uh, and, you know, according to Revelation chapter 4, he's going to say, come up hither. And uh, you know what's going to happen? We're going to come up hither. And we're going to go to meet the Lord in the air. And now not long after that, judgment seat will start, judgment seat of Christ. In fact, I believe it will be almost instantaneously after the rapture. But wait a minute now. Here, here's these people right here living on the earth and the Lord comes and he shouts with the shout of the archangel, sounds that trumpet and all of a sudden he pulls these away. All right, y'all come over here if you will. Y'all got to go up in the rapture. Amen. How about that? Praise the Lord. All right, wait a minute now. So the rapture is taking place. Those in the church have went to heaven. They're, they're in the presence of the Lord. They're going to receive a glorified body eventually. But they're in the presence of the Lord. But wait a minute. The rapture has occurred, and now that next event on God's prophetical calendar is something we call the tribulation period. And for seven years, for seven years, the Bible says that the earth will go into self-destruct mode. God will begin to judge the earth. Uh, the seals will be opened up. The Bible says the trumpets, uh, trumpet judgments will sound. Uh, then the vials or the bowls will be poured out. And with each judgment, it'll get progressively, progressively worse. And so the first three and a half are going to be like nothing the world's ever seen. The last three and a half, listen, the earth, basically the earth will be shutting down. But wait a minute, rapture has taken place. By the way, church, rejoice, this is you and I. We're gone. I'm not against you, I'm not against you studying the Antichrist, that's fine. We, we've done that a little bit. I'm not against you doing that and figuring out, you know, the Antichrist. And, but I'm gonna be honest with you, you might as well not be too worried about figuring out who he is and, and that kind of thing because I got great news, you don't have to worry about him. Because when he sets up his rule, we'll be gone. Thank God, we'll be gone. And we won't have to worry about all that tribulation that's gonna come. But now these folks, that's different for them. These, these folks right here have been, have been left behind. The rapture has taken place. These folks are still on the earth. They've been left behind. Now, wait a minute. This is what I believe. And you can not believe this, but I believe I've got scripture. I can show it to you. I believe if these folks heard the gospel during this church age, they heard the gospel, they came to a church like this, they were under the preaching of the word of God, they heard the gospel message, and they rejected it. For these folks right here, I don't believe they have opportunity to be saved during tribulation. You know what our Bible says? The Bible says God will send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. 
And I don't know how that's going to happen, but somehow they're going to be, they're going to be sold. You know, the, the Antichrist is going, to, is going to win them over, and they're going to receive that mark in their forehead or in their hand, and, uh, and they'll, they'll, be, they'll be doomed forever and ever. But wait a minute now. These, these right here, uh, l- l- let's go back a little bit. Let's say that Timmy and Carrie represent those, uh, those in our world who had really not heard the gospel. We're reaching some of those. We're reaching some of those at Calvary. Did you know we're reaching? Did you know we're reaching folks now at Calvary Baptist Church who have never been in church? That was good this morning, brother. You're right. And so when when this as this church grows and the folks are coming in, be very patient. Because things that seem sort of old hat to you are not old hat to them. They don't have a clue. They don't know why we do what we do. They don't know why we sing. They don't know why the choir sings like it sings. They don't understand our kind of preaching. I mean, they, you know what? Now, now the Spirit of God works in that and through that, but they don't understand any of that. And so we're reaching people that have never been exposed to the gospel. So that's that's these folks right here. They've never been exposed to the gospel. And so the rapture's taking place. They're in the tribulation. Uh, and and you know what? They believe. They believe. They come to faith in Christ and they say, wait a minute, you know what? Uh, we believe. You know, they hear the gospel. Uh, they hear the gospel. They come to Christ. And, uh, and Timmy and Carrie give their heart to Jesus. And a little bit later, the Antichrist comes and says, all right, if you guys want to buy and sell, if you want to go to Food Line, if you want to go to, uh, if you want fresh water to drink, then you're going to have to receive the mark. And these folks are like, oh, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. Uh, we, we know if we do that, we'll be damned forever. And so they're saved. And, uh, and so now they, they begin to live for Jesus even in the tribulation period. But you know what happens? They're apprehended by the Antichrist. What happens, preacher? Beheading. So they lose their life. All right, Tim, you and Carrie move over here if you will. Now, wait a minute now. Tribulation saints. Now, they didn't get saved before the rapture, but they'd never been really exposed to the gospel, and so they didn't really know what you know, what I know, but when the tribulation started, they came to faith in Christ. They, they endured, but the Antichrist caught up with them, and because of their faith in Jesus Christ, took their lives, and now these souls are under the altar. These souls are, are, are in the presence of the Lord. They were tribulation saints, and now their souls are with the Lord. Now, here's what's gonna happen at the end of that seven years. Jesus is going to come, and he's going to set up his kingdom. Those who have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the Lord sends great judgment, but there are some who will just, they just will not give in. And they'll rebel to the bitter end, and they'll say, we're not giving in, we're not giving in. And these folks will follow the Antichrist And so when Jesus comes in the second coming and begins setting up his kingdom, these folks right here will be banished. They'll be banished to hell. Y'all go over there for a little bit, all right? Sorry about that. (laughs) Now, wait a minute now. You say, folks, a preacher, these folks are gone in the rapture. You're right. These folks are tribulation saints. They they came to faith in Christ during the seven-year tribulation and were apprehended by the Antichrist. You know, church, well, listen, we're going to be done in just a minute. I promise we're going to be done. But you, you know something else I'm convinced about, too? I don't think the Antichrist is going to have to do much killing. I think the people are going to do it for him. I think that was all tested out during COVID. When people started turning in other people. You know what's going to happen? These folks right here that get saved during the tribulation period, they will be turned in. The Antichrist will probably say something like this. For every Christian you turn in, I'll give you a cup of water. And so these folks, they will be turned in. They'll be reported. And so these folks, they've been killed by an antichrist. They're in the presence of the Lord. These folks right here rejected God, rejected Jesus. They've been banished to hell for eternity. But wait a minute, there's one more group. There's one more group. There is another group right here that were not taken in the rapture. They went into the tribulation period. They came to faith. In Christ, during the tribulation period, and they did not receive the mark of the beast. You say, preacher, who, who, are, who are these, these folks right here 
These are people right here that endured great hardship, but they physically survived. Now stay with me, I'm, I, and we'll be done in just a second. Listen to this. How do these people make it? Y'all come over here just a little further, Brother Mike. Hell's a long ways away. All right. Y'all way too close to the millennium right there, okay? okay. <laughs> Next time I'll use y'all for, uh, we're able to learn our, okay? Wait a minute now. These folks are in the tribulation period, but they came to faith in Christ. You say, preacher, that's great, and it is great. But do you understand, you understand what kind of life these people are going to have? You know what that means? If you come to faith in Christ during the tribulation period, you know what that means? That means you're going to have to flee from the Antichrist every second, every second. Hey, you know what, Brother Lyndon? We used to wonder, how's all this stuff going to happen? Marks, mark of the beast. We don't wonder about it anymore. I mean, now you walk into Whole Foods, you don't have to get your wallet out. You just wave your palm. Thank you. Have a good day. You just paid. You just wave your palm. And I'm convinced that some of that stuff's going to be attached to, is going to be attached to a lot of that. You say, preacher, how is the Antichrist going to find these folks that are Christians? And then you think about the drone technology that we have today and, and all these kind of things. And even right now, even right now as we speak in, in, in China, you know that China has more facial recognition cameras than any country in the world. And, and those cameras are zoomed in on their people. They know where they are. They know what they're doing. You know, they're, even in the churches, quote, churches that they allow in China, they're putting cameras in the churches. So China, so the government can keep track of what the so-called Christians are doing in those churches. Wait a minute now. I, I'm getting a little off here, but these folks are fleeing from the Antichrist. These folks, let me tell you what kind of life they've got. They're starving. They can't walk into the, into the there won't be any fast food. Uh, there'll be very little food, very little food. And what food you can get will be so expensive, you won't have enough money to buy it. So these folks are starving. There's very little fresh water to drink at all in the tribulation period. And I'm convinced, and you've heard me say this over and over again, but I'm convinced that the resource that will be battled over in the tribulation period will be water, no doubt about that. So there'll be very little water to drink, very little fresh water. So a lot of these folks are going to get poisoned because they're drinking water that's not healthy. There's going to be very little food to eat, so they'll be living off the land. Literally, they'll be living off off the land. Uh, and And on top of that, you understand that where these people are living, there's going to be torment. There's going to be pestilence. There's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be volcanoes erupting all over the world. Uh, the sun is going to be blackened out. The moon won't shine. Uh, uh, the the uh, vegetation's going to die. Uh, Hailstorms are going to come. I'm telling you, listen, if you think, preacher, I'm just going to hold out and see what happens. Listen, you're an idiot. And that's where these people are living. But here's the thing. They came to faith in Jesus. And so they refuse the mark of the beast and they just, they survive. They don't survive well, but they survive. They're starving. They're, they're, they're lacking nutrition. They're lacking fresh water. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Jesus comes in the second coming. He begins to set up his kingdom on the earth. These folks who endured the tribulation, they came to faith in Christ. Uh, you know what's going to happen? These folks are going to be ushered into the millennial reign of Christ. Wait a minute. Why is that significant? I'll tell you why. Because you and I are coming back in a glorified body. Not them. They're going to be ushered into the millennial reign of Christ in this same body that you see right here. Amen. You know what that means, church? Rodney won't have any more hair in the, in, in the millennial reign. <laughs> Everybody tracking with me tonight? And so these folks right here, they're going into the millennial reign of Christ, but they're going in a mortal body, a human body. Now, now think, now think about it. The curse is going to be lifted. 
Now, we're not going to get into that tonight, but we will get into that next session, and I'm going to tell you something. It's going to blow your mind. The curse that's on this earth is going to be lifted, and so these folks right here, you know what's going to happen? Since the curse is lifted, they're going to live long. Now, we'll get into that. Not tonight. I'm so tempted, but we'll get into that. They're going to live long. Remember Methuselah? Remember Noah? Remember those old patriarchs in the Old Testament? They lived long. These right here are going to live long because the curse, the curse is lifted. And, uh, and that means this, that they're going, to, they're going to bear offspring for many, many years. Now think, <laughs> isn't that a blessing? Boy, this message just went south, didn't it? Now, now, let me put this in perspective. And I was thinking about this. In Miss Tammy and I, we've been married for 38 years. We just celebrated 38 years. Just in 38 years, just in 38 years, we've produced four offspring. We have three here on this earth. We have one in heaven. That offspring has produced eight other offspring. And now with their spouses and all that, we have grown from two, Miss Tammy and I, to 16 in 38 years. That's with a curse. And right here, there's going to be no curse. And these folks are going to have 1,000 years. Now think about that, seriously. You know what that means, church? Millions, millions of people are going to be born during the millennial reign of Christ. Millions are. Not in a glorified body. Mortals. These folks won't produce glorified bodies. They'll produce mortals. Anybody else have a problem with your flesh? Other than me? Anybody else sometimes wonder why you have such a hard time controlling this thing right here? And so millions will be born during the millennial reign of Christ. And so although these right here came to faith in Jesus and they were ushered into the millennial reign of Christ, many, many, many of their offspring will never trust Christ. Even though Jesus will rule and reign, they'll see him. They can touch him. They can hear him. If you get close enough, you can smell him. They'll experience him, and yet many of those millions will reject Christ. Listen, church, I'm telling you something. They are so close to eternity, it's not funny, and yet they will botch it up. And they will reject Jesus Christ, and so who is there to judge all these offspring in the millennial reign that are mortals that still have their old mortal Body, that old nature. Now, the curse is lifted. The curse is lifted, but there's still many, many humans that are in the millennial reign of Christ. Thank you, guys. I'm going to let y'all have a seat. Y'all been standing there for a long, long time. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. We're done. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 1. Dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know you not that you shall, we shall judge angels how much more things that pertain to this life. And so we're gonna, listen, that's who is gonna be judged during the millennial reign of Christ. Let me give you one last thought and we're heading to the house tonight and we're done. How about this? Uh, I just gave you four, didn't give you five. We notice a theocracy, a theocracy. The type of government during the millennial reign of Christ will not be a democracy. It will not be a communistic government. It will not be socialistic. It will not be a republic. The type of government during the millennial reign of Christ will be an absolute theocracy. A theocracy, a form of government in which God is recognized as king. Now this week, knowing I was going to teach this this week, I did a little study on Great Britain and I wanted to find out what kind of government they had. 
And I knew that they had a monarch. They, they, they have a, a monarch. They have a king, King Charles. Um, uh, you've seen that recently. But this is what I learned, that Great Britain has actually what's called a constitutional monarch, which means this, they do have a king, but that king has very little power. The king in Great Britain is really nothing more than just a figurehead. That's all that he is. Now, I said that to give you a contrast. In the millennial reign of Christ, that will not be the case. We will not have a constitutional monarch. God, I'm talking about Jesus, will be king. And what he says will be law. Our Bible says in Revelation 2.27, and he, Jesus, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of a potter, they shall be broken to shivers. You know what some scholars believe? Some scholars believe that if the law is broken during the winter reign of Christ, people will immediately receive the death penalty. Now it's 7.41. Good night, we went long, didn't we? Actually, the service went long. I didn't go that long. Okay. Look at one last place. We're done. We might as well take 60 extra, 60 extra seconds to do this. Look at Isaiah. Isaiah chapter number 11. In your Bibles, and we're out of here. Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 3. Isaiah 11 verse 3, talking about the millennial reign of Christ. Isaiah 11 verse 3. How's it going to be, Pastor? Isaiah 11, verse 3, and shall make him of quick understanding and fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But, verse 4, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth, and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked, and righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. And so some believe that those mortals living during the millennial reign of Christ, when they sin, they'll receive the death penalty. Now think about this. Why is that, preacher? There'll be no tempter. They won't be able to say, the devil made me do it. The devil won't be in the picture. Not only the tempter won't be there to tempt them, but the curse has been lifted. And so just as Adam and Eve were cast out of paradise when they sinned, so those in the millennial reign of Christ will be judged harshly and immediately when they sin. Now, we, we went deep tonight, and we went a little long tonight. But listen to me. You say, Pastor, what does this have to do with me? We're, listen, we're in the business of building the kingdom right now. We're to be inviting folks to the Lord, getting folks to church, we want as many people to get under the sound of the gospel as possible, and we want to see as many people get saved and come to Jesus, and we want his kingdom to be built so one of these days Jesus Christ can receive ultimate glory in his kingdom. Now, we're, gonna, we're going to uh, go a little further. Next time I'm talking to you, we'll talk about this. We're going to notice the types of people in the millennial reign of Christ, and then you won't want to miss this one. We're going to notice a termination of the curse. Now, church, I'm going to tell you something. It's going to get real when we talk about that. So whatever you do, don't miss. Don't miss. It's going to be good. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here tonight. And uh, God, we thank you for this time we've had together. I hope it's made sense. I hope we've said something that has honored you and something that's helped your people. Lord, we do need to know what we believe. And so, uh, Lord, I know sometimes some of this seems a little heavy. Some of this seems a little deep. But, Lord, it's good for us to learn, and it's good for us to know what we believe. And so, Lord, help us to be ready for the kingdom. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Father, Brother Dave said it right last week. We're, we're kingdom men. We're kingdom women. Father, we're, we're, to, we're to start living a life, Lord, preparing for that kingdom. And it's coming. It's coming where our Savior is going to rule and he's going to reign for a thousand glorious years. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. And I want to ask a question or two and we're going to be gone. How many here tonight would say, Brother Pope, 
If I died tonight, I am not 100% sure that I'd go into this kingdom. Preacher, I heard you talk about all these things going to happen, but pastor, I'm not really sure that I'm ready for the kingdom. I'm not sure that I know Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And if the rapture were to take place tonight, I don't know that I'd be taken away. I don't know that I'd be taken out. And pastor, I want you to pray for me tonight. I care enough to slip up my hand and let you pray for me. Is there one like that anywhere tonight? And you'd say, preacher, I don't know that I know that I'm on my way to heaven. Would you pray with me tonight? And you just slip your hand up right now. Be honest and let me pray with you. Can I pray? Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? As far as I can tell, I see that little hand right there. As far as I can tell, I didn't see. I don't think I saw one other little hand right over here. But I have a question for us. Do you have loved ones who you're pretty sure they're not ready for the kingdom? If Jesus were to come tonight and the tribulation were to begin shortly after, you'd say, Pastor, I have loved ones that are very dear and near to my heart, but they're not ready. I mean, as far as evidence of their life is concerned, they are not ready to stand before the Lord. If that's you, would you do this when we stand in just a moment? Would you at least do this? Would you take a moment and breathe their name to the Lord and just say, Father, would you save them? If you feel the need, listen, the altars are going to be open. If you want to come and kneel and, and just mention their name in an old-fashioned altar, we encourage you to do that. Let's stand around the house, if you will. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Are you ready for the kingdom? Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I am saved. I've already raised my hand about that. But I, you know what? I, I don't know what happened. I, I let myself lose my excitement. I just sort of got away. I didn't mean to let it happen, but I just got away from the will of God. And I, I lost my joy and I lost my fire for the things of the Lord. And I, preacher, I, I didn't mean to let it happen, but it did. And Pastor, I want to be ready for the kingdom. Maybe tonight you need to come and just rededicate your life to the Lord Jesus. Then I encourage you to do that. I invite you to do that tonight. Pastor, I'm saved, but I've never followed the Lord in believer's baptism. And I need to make myself a candidate for, for believer's baptism. You come. You come. While we wait, while we wait, while we pause, you come tonight. Father, I thank you for your blessings. And uh, Lord, I sure appreciate the great day you've given us in church. Lord, bless these that are in the altars tonight. I pray that you'd speak to hearts. And God, if, 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 if nothing else happens through this series, I pray that this would happen. I pray that, number one, you'd be glorified. But I pray that you'd burden our hearts, God, in a real way for our loved ones that are lost and on their way to hell. We work beside people, Lord, they're lost. We go to school with people that are lost. We live beside folks that are lost. God, give us a burden for those that are lost and undone without Jesus and help us to be kingdom builders. God, have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts, please. We thank you in Jesus' name. You can look up this way, church. If you're in the altar, just take your time. Don't be in a rush tonight. We're gonna sing this little song that says, Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And the altars are still open. If you need to come, you come. If you need to be saved, we'll, we'll uh, meet you here at the altar. And we'd love to talk to you about the Lord. If you're watching live stream tonight, we're delighted to have you watching the broadcast. There's a number on the bottom of your screen. And we have some prayer helpline workers waiting to receive your call. Please call that number. And we would love to chat with you right now and pray with you over the phone. Let's, read, let, let's sing this little song, church. And we'll be on our way tonight. If you need to come, you come this evening. All us sing it out tonight. Sing it with me. Ready? Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And he's just the same as his lovely name. And that's the reason why I love him so.
the sweetest name I Let's sing it one more time, church. Sing it out like you mean it tonight. Here we go. Ready? Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And he's just the same. That's right. As his lovely name. And that's the reason why I love him so. The sweetest name 